With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely, long-time, fabulous co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hi. Hi. You always sound like unsure of if you should respond to me, Ray. You're always calling on me. No, I feel like that introduction was just a little too nice to be like genuine <laughs> wow i mean so, i feel like you know you were stretching for time or something already <laughs> i mean i'm just, just not that you don't like us that you were just like stretching for time no it's fine i'm just talking to my best friend and my wife you know no big i don't even like you guys yeah i know yeah that's why i do this show i want to see how many episodes of a podcast i can do with people i dislike it's a social experiment well you're wow. truly brave <laughs> Anyway, tonight, today, this week on the show, we are discussing The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 2, The Star-Spangled Man. And that means this is your spoiler warning for anything in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as the rest of the existing MCU and plot possible plot points from existing comic book source material. So you have been warned. This is your warning. Um, all the warnings. All the warnings. So... Things definitely ratcheted up a notch this yeah, they week. Did. I liked this episode a lot more than the first one. I knew they had to kind of like set some groundwork and all, but I really liked this episode. Of course, because you finally get to see the two of them together. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what the whole show's you you know set up for. So that's a fair point, and that really was the best part. Right, is just the two of them bickering and bantering off of each other. Um, I can't believe they went to couples therapy. And they like intertwined legs and I'm like, oh man, man. (laughs) I thought it was adorable personally. Yeah, it was absolutely adorable. Yeah, I liked that scene too. It was a good scene. Although it was a little bit spoiled in the trailer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This episode had so much. uh, Like this was 90% of the trailer came from this episode. Which makes me a little happy that it's not from ones further on that, you know, we're going to be more 
intense i guess but. true i mean and that would make up pretty much everything from act one because you know this is out of six episodes we're going into episode three so that should theoretically be the start of act two mm-hmm. if it's all evenly spaced which isn't necessarily the case but being as this is more traditional marvel fare than like wandavision uh, yeah. it's probably more accurate that that's probably starting into act two now i guess it is kind of crazy to think we're a third of the way through it already you know it doesn't feel like that much has happened yet but um so let's 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 dive into it then obviously bucky's pissed about the reveal of the new captain america he's mad that sam gave up the shield um and they go on a little mission together (laughs) because bucky won't leave sam alone uh which i don't know that raises maybe some logistical questions about how he was just allowed on that airplane but i mean he's an avenger i'm pretty sure he can do what he wants right like that seems a little nebulous but the yeah the avengers are just kind of they have a free pass they keep calling that out you know in the two episodes we've seen they've definitely mentioned that multiple times that you know they they kind of get to go where they want do what they want i mean to a certain degree it's you know the uh civil war was all about reining them in and now after they brought everybody back and fought Thanos, the whole world's like eh, <laughs> whatever yeah i guess they can do what they want they saved half the universe so right and that's that's kind of where the friction the main friction of the episode you know other than obviously the bickering between our two heroes is that the new cap wants bucky and sam to work with him on this flag smasher issue and you know we're we're supposed to believe that he's got the best intentions we get his whole kind of backstory and introduction in this episode we should definitely just talk about that a bit about him as a character at this yeah there's there's quite a bit to unpack with this episode uh a lot of stuff that they're not saying um just some really intense subtle things that either are going to come to fruition or not so you know if you guys need me i am here to explain comics to you and origin stories and stuff will you woman explain them to us um i'll marvel explain them <laughs> okay so so first of all the actor yes. is wonderful and you can see kurt russell coming through him yeah it was, yeah, it was, that was delightful for me. As much as I know I'm going to hate this character. Yes. It's cool that <laughs> him and his dad are both in the MCU. It is fun. And he is doing a wonderful job, uh, you know, with, with this so far. Part of me wonders, because of how trolly WandaVision got, part of me wonders if maybe they won't take this character in the direction he historically has gone. They're going to make him that way. Don't uh, Don't kid yourself. I'm just, you know, throwing out another possibility. That's all. Except it's already been shown that that's not what's that he's going to be going a different way. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, John Walker has a very long history in the comics, and uh, he definitely has a slow ramp up too. So he, it, we don't know what their plans are for these characters post this show, these shows, and. Uh, They could be getting continuations in movies that we don't know about. Um, We know that Disney is not above going back to 
the this format you know disney plus keeps saying that they are doing well with subscribers with each new show so it's possible like i know that right now no sequel season twos are planned but you know money talks and so anyway john walker could go many different directions and we could see him go from you know obstacle to antagonist to full-on psychopath uh within just this show or we could see all that play out over the course of a while and over multiple uh pieces and it could be done really well you know a slow build up to this uh wouldn't it be the worst thing when we all also have zemo and the flag smashers to deal with so my prediction is that uh, he's going to kill somebody in the next episode brutally, like straight up. Uh, he's going to get his ass kicked by the Flag Smashers at some point, even more than he did in this episode. He's going to, if he ha- doesn't already have the Super Soldier Serum already, then he's going to go after the, the, the uh, Power Broker to get it. And that was a little unclear. Was that unclear for you guys this episode? He's like throwing the shield really far and like catching it in the yeah. like when he was doing the interview on Good Morning America and they show like his training. Like, I don't can a normal person do that? I know they said his stuff was no. off the charts, but he's not superhuman. And no, in the comics, he does get his powers from the power broker, and he um is actually really frustrated because he can't handle the shield in the comics and he has to go to the power broker to do so so do you think at this point he's already got i think he already has i think we're going to see some uh once we see the power broker and actually who it is and uh it's gonna reveal that he got it already yeah i i think it is why was he totally unable to stand up to any of the flag smashers well, That's I mean, my problem with it too. Bucky also has the super soldier serum, and he That's true. fought yeah. off the the thing is they're also super soldiers. They've received the super soldier serum as well. That's the thing. We're dealing with an entire series where everybody has a super strength to some degree, except Falcon. <laughs> Well, but, and then, possibly... but then it shows in the trailer Falcon show, throwing the shield, similar to how John Walker did. Um, so in the comic, Sam Wilson gets a super soldier serum too at some point. So I guess, like for me, like I can more explain away Bucky kind of getting beat up a bit because it was it was kind of caught off guard. He's clearly not in a good mental headspace. He's, He's been outnumbered, and he yeah, he's clearly outnumbered. But when you know, new Cap comes flying in on the helicopter with Battlestar, they come in with a pretty good like strategic advantage and very quickly lose. Side sidebar cuz we're uh, it's not, you know, really important enough to spend a lot of time on dissecting, but can I just say how much I love the fact that Bucky stopped the car once he learned his code name was Battlestar? <laughs> oh, He's yeah. like, "No." He's like, "Nope, I'm out." <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, the White Wolf has a problem with uh, a guy named Battlestar. Battlestar, yeah. <laughs> Come on. So that, I I just cracked up at that. That was one of my favorite moments in the entire episode. So uh, that's fair. This episode has like a lot of humor in it. So if, yeah, I was going to pick a, 
a humorous moment that was it for me it was a good one so i personally don't think that he has the serum yet okay i think that because like we've seen in the trailer sam throwing the shield and sticking it into a tree already yes that that's apparently something that normal people can do it's i'm guessing that the shield, shield is very light like vibranium maybe that's a property of vibranium in the mcu i don't know if it's that way in the comics but um that is extremely light compared to other metals so that it throws like a frisbee basically um so during the civil war storyline in the comics when uh steve rogers died uh he was a pro or let me kind of this is the time that bucky took the shield uh yes but they approached hawkeye first and uh, cause you know, the country needs it or whatever. Right. And Hawkeye tries it out. He is, uh, not the first one to handle the shield, but he's the first one to not break his arm when it's coming back. And, uh, it's, it was important to know that the boomerang effect is usually what causes the issue. It's not like people can definitely, uh, throw it, but when they try and catch it, that's when they end up having this struggle so uh we don't know why at this point why john walker was uh necessarily chosen above a lot of other people and we don't know what he had to go through yet so it it could be that he has received absolutely no super soldier serum or well, that he has it was all off the charts didn't they all his physical they did and he's got all you know he's won a bunch of awards and, and medals four and congressional like medal of honors or something like that medals but of like honor. here's here's where my problem starts to come in though like when when battlestar falls off the truck when he gets kicked off the truck new cap throws the shield right under him and i don't care who you are i don't think a normal person can do that i I loved that scene though. Oh yeah, it's cool. um, it was really cool. Just because, well, one because it was cool, but also because it, it the whole thing, this whole episode is kind of to make you like that guy, right? Right up until the thing where don't get in our way or whatever that bullshit was. But and you know what? I that, don't even that think that's really as well. like terrible. I if I was in John Walker's place, I'd be like, okay, don't get in my way. Yeah, let me just tell these like, two Avengers that just saved the world to just get out of our way. You know, well, like, what am I going to do to him? Like, he's tried to recruit them. And I'm just saying that I know where he's going to go. And I know that I don't like him already kind of thing. But I understand where he was coming from in that moment that i don't think it was that insulting or offensive of a line well and it probably bothers him just on a personal level that these guys are basically rogues because that line comes after sam explains that they don't have to go through all the same red tape that that he does and they can work quicker and that probably gets at him a little bit because you know no matter who you are red tape is frustrating unless you're the one who made the red tape Right. And so even if we're going to end up not liking this guy, he probably isn't thrilled about the level of approval he has to go through for every single action. Except he doesn't have to go through any for every single action because when he, when Bucky is getting reprimanded, uh, he comes in and he's just like, no, he's not doing that anymore. 
uh he's you know but that so, was hours later like it was nighttime for all we knew he got some type of yes but it's implied you know? that he just like this is she said on whose authority and he just points to himself so i mean it's implied that it, that he is just able to make decisions like this there has to be some kind of legal jurisdiction for that though and okay. so well i mean there does like he can't just break out prisoners <laughs> you know he, did, I mean? he did but he didn't. So, like, there was clearly paperwork involved in that, is my point. Clearly, they showed all the paperwork he had to go through on it. So No, because that would not make for an interesting scene. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to show him signing a form? Like, come on, you know what I mean. So yeah. anyway, I think that at the moment, he's being written kind of inconsistently from a like physical attribute perspective. That's what's and, bothering me, because like yeah. it's supposed to be unclear as to whether he's like, as strong as Steve Rogers or not, right? I mean, they do make it be like, or make it seem like, hey, he's this hometown boy, like, you know, just a, just a good old American, you know, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, they show him the, the the scene that throws me every time is him throwing that shield at the at the targets and nailing right. like four targets and catching it with no issues. But then also like the scene that we were just talking about and the fact that he's a soldier, right? Like he knows combat knows strategy but then in that scene he throws his weapon his main weapon away to save battlestar right which it w- is that something that somebody that would be that's like very selfish or like you know well that is his oldest friend right. like True. even yeah. the worst people have friends i thought it was a good character building scene because you're supposed to like him in this episode right. for the most part. So that was a good subtle way of showing his character. So I liked that, but also it didn't seem like a very, like it, it, it his tactics went out the window at that point. Cause now he has literally no advantage over these. Other Cause people. It, it didn't seem like he really had much of a plan for this type of engagement. Like this might've been the first time that they really had to go up against a, a group like this without like military backup. Yeah. You know, and so it felt more like that was an emotional, personal decision to try and save his high school buddy at a minimum high school buddy. We don't really know how long they've known each other, um, you know, and he was just trying to. To save them, that, that I think whole like action, that whole scene was super well choreographed. I, I was a huge fan of the way they did that, because everything, you know, I've brought up on this podcast before about how fight, a fight scene shouldn't just be a fight scene. It should like progress the story. And I think you got that. You got the character development moment for him. You got when he caught, uh, when Bucky caught Walker's shield and like the most passive aggressive catch and like handing it back. Um, there was uh, there that same scene, I think when he throws the shield, if like Bucky hadn't ducked or whoever, I can't remember if it was Bucky or Falcon, but if that person hadn't ducked, he would have gotten decked in the head. And it kind of showed that Walker didn't really care mm-hmm. that about these other people. It was mostly out for himself and the fact that he pulls out a gun and shoots somebody like well, Cap does that in the first movie. Yeah, Cap carries a gun, but in the first movie, but he's like not really Avenger Captain America at that point. Right. Like he's a he's it was just also a guy that's legitimate going war. Yeah, this is like a bunch of, you know, they're, they're trying to bust up a terrorist tech and Cap. I mean, he never really has shown carrying a, a sidearm on no, his I hip. Mean, you're right. I guess for me, I just, that, that part doesn't bother me as much because it starts to get, the line gets a little silly. Cause you know, you've got Hawkeye's clearly killing people with arrows and Iron Man's clearly killing people with his, you know, laser blasts. And so like, if it's a pistol, 
I don't know if that really changes anything. I didn't say it bothered me. I, it's yeah. but it, it's a character development thing, right? Like that pistol is there because it gives us very specific thoughts of is this what Captain America is for us or not? You know what I mean? Because it's never implied Captain America doesn't have this rule about not killing like Batman does, right? Some of these things he's done to people in the movies would definitely kill them. Like I'm pretty sure he hit somebody with a motorcycle at one point. Only one Batman had that rule. (laughs) The thing is uh, guns in this country at this current state have, you know, they are a symbol of quick thoughtless aggression and um violence so arrows don't have that stigma anymore they probably did you know a few thousand years ago but guns have a stigma to it so when a hero pulls out a gun we know that just right off the just with the symbolism we connected to well these guys aren't necessarily you know pure it It doesn't mean they're bad necessarily but that they're not i don't know um pure yeah that's It, it is worth noting in the comic books that when bucky first gets the shield and goes out on his first mission with uh black widow they come up upon a group of like five guys and Black Widow says something like, I wonder how the new Cap is going to take care of this. And he literally just like walks out and shoots all five of them mm-hmm. and says, I'm not Steve and I'm not trying to be Steve. So, you know, it's, this isn't that far off from what Bucky did in the comics, really. Right. So I think the big thing that we need to address is that John Walker is... Uh, propaganda just like Steve Rogers was at the beginning of first Avenger he like they even play a rendition of the star spangled man with plan I loved that that was at a cool the high nod. school and it I think like it's important to note here that once again the government has meddled and they wanted to create a tool to distract from whatever they're going to do. This guy is going to go on Good Morning America. He's going to go in front of the cameras and be their beard. Shake hands and sign babies. Exactly. Kiss babies and sign them. Shake babies. Shake babies. We hope he doesn't, but he might. He's a bad guy. Sign hands, shake babies. Exactly. uh, That's what they wanted, but instead of getting a guy who refuses to be a tool and does good, he's going to end up refusing to be a tool and uh, seeking out violence or revenge. He's not going to go rescue a ton of men behind enemy lines. He's going to go off the rails because you can also tell that this guy does not like the fact that he's being used you know he's right he anxious about, that about the, of the episode mm-hmm. so so who do you guys think is going to be the real villain like is it going to end up being john walker is it going to be the flag smashers is it going to be zemo i really don't want it to be walker mainly because i think that you have to be really careful 
creating his downfall because up until this point, he's got this spotless record with, you know, all of the awards that we talked about earlier. And for him just to become a big bad guy, there needs to be some type of significant catalyst for that. And maybe it's something like maybe Battlestar dies or something in, in the middle of a confrontation with the Flag Smashers or in or the comics, John Walker kills Battlestar. Like by accident. I like, kinda a victim of his own hubris okay because like I, I just i need something to make him go crazy because at this point like maybe you know, i don't like him necessarily but it doesn't mean he's evil right just because he's taking up the cat mantle doesn't mean that he's evil so i i, I kind of want them to be a little bit careful with that and if sam's gonna become captain america at some point I don't necessarily want it to be because the other guy just completely went insane. Well, if John Walker ends up being the bad guy for the whole thing, it it's going to be a huge political statement because John Walker is supposed to be the down home American apple pie baseball you know kind of guy that he's the representation of when the jackasses say you know make america great again that's the face they imagine that every citizen looks like him and talks like him and acts like him so if they go all out it will be a huge political statement and i don't know if disney's ready for that but I also don't think that they're not ready. I think they can, they could do this. Yeah. So in chat, uh, Russ is saying that he thinks that uh, he's, he's going to go crazy after getting the super soldier serum. And so, you know, obviously that could do it, right? It's, it's a big problem with the soldier serum projects over the years is that most people didn't survive at all. Well, they um, said in the, in, in the first adventure that it like enhance your enhances your traits you already have. So that's why they picked cap because he was everything good. Well, maybe John Walker has tendencies to be not so good. And so uh, that, you know, is what, yeah, I think that's pretty likely. And I think that he's going to go to the power broker because he gets his ass whooped by flags, by the flag smashers multiple times and realizes he can't fight against people that have super, you know, superpowers unless he himself also has superpowers. It's kind of like that good guy with a gun, you know, how's it, how's, how does somebody, that whole argument, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. you, I need a gun to beat somebody with a gun type of deal. And I think that that's going to be like their subtle way of kind of touching on that. Mm-hmm. So it also doesn't really bode well for his wife that we briefly met because, you know, uh, in the comics, his family uh, was murdered and uh, it's very likely that she's going to be, you know, another woman in a fridge. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about that super soldier serum. So in the comics, it's, Steve is obviously not the only one that gets it. Steve is one of the few people that it works on, but we also meet Isaiah Bradley in this episode. And uh, this comes from a comic called Red, White, and Truth, where they kind of take from real life. During World War II, American government experimented on black soldiers this is 
kind of there. So Isaiah was picked out of a group of men and he received the super soldier serum, not willingly and involuntarily. He was sent behind enemy lines to, you know, kind of do some horrible shit after Cap disappeared. And uh, then he was arrested in the comics for stealing Cap's uniform, even though they gave it to him. And he says here in the show that he was gone for, or he was put away for 31 years. So Steve Rogers is the only one who has received this super soldier serum uh, to a certain degree. And it actually worked out for him that he's had, and he still had a really tough life. He, he absolutely did. And, but he was the only one not, you know, I guess, completely victimized by it. I think it's important to note that when Isaiah is being experimented on, he's one of 300 men and the only one to survive. Yeah. Yeah. That was an intense scene meeting. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Seeing his strength, throwing that thing into the wall. I mean, that was cool. That reminded me a lot of uh, when Steve like ripped that log in half. Anything yeah. with yeah. wood apparently seems very similar to me. I don't know. But yeah, that that the, it's sad. the sound. It's that snapping and crunching, you know. And but also wood is very dense. So to throw something into it that's thick like that is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. You know? That kid is supposed to be Eli Bradley, who goes on to become the Patriot and leader of the Young Avengers. Now, that oh, is remained to be seen if the same actor will do that, but they they've introduced the character characters in it's now the fifth uh young avenger that we've seen so far on screen now for me i think one of the the most interesting things about the scene with isaiah is that he basically is both sam and bucky Mm -hmm. right because you know the idea is like sam and bucky have very different issues and it's part of why they bicker with each other so much because they both have a lot of emotional strain and a lot of very serious things going on in their heads, but they're different. And so they have a hard time relating to each other, but Isaiah's actually had to go through both of those types of things. And I think it's really a unique experience to see all three of them there. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed. We don't get more of him. Maybe we get to see him again at some point, but I think having some conversations with the three of them could be just really eye-opening. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it was, it was a powerful enough scene, even as short as it was, but yeah, it would be great to, to get more of that. And then, you know, the, one of the most controversial scenes in the show on Twitter and just the internet in general happens right after that outside of the, the house Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to several people this week that feel like the show is being very preachy um, about the racial kind of uh, racial issues in the world right now and things like that. I didn't feel that way. I felt it was, you know, it's a little heavy handed, but it's not. I, I think it has to be because, you know, subtlety is not something that people are picking up on right now um in regards to these things unless you're getting slapped in the face with it you're not paying attention you know what i mean or not not you guys but i think society in general well i also think you know so it's hard it's hard to be super subtle with it when you have your main characters and those are the characters that you're going to see go through stuff 
right? You're not going to, they're not going to do a scene with some random person that we're never, we've never seen before and never will see again, go through one of those things. That's not going to impact the overall story. And the reality is that uh, science fiction and fantasy, which comic book genre falls under those have had a responsibility for a very long time to do these types of conversations, sometimes in pretty heavy handed ways, you know, um, just I mean, as having cat punch Hitler was pretty heavy handed, you know, it's, there's a, it's not in the new. 1970s when they did the green lantern, green arrow story and green arrow calls out green lantern for ignoring the, uh, issues on earth but he goes out and he fights like the injustices of the galaxy and this black man is like i see you protecting the green people the purple people the orange people but what have you ever done for the black people here on earth you know people thought that was preachy too and now we look back on it as being one of the pinnacle moments of comics kind of pushing the boundaries of what is right and wrong so you know people can complain about this being heavy-handed at times the lone shark scene from the or not lone shark scene the lone scene uh with the banker in the first episode is uh very heavy with uh systemic racism however it's not as heavy-handed as the cop thing or even the people that want to deny that there's uh, racism here in America know that the Black Lives Matter movement is heavily against cop brutality and has been fighting that. So you see cops in the show and they know what it's about. They're not ignorant. They know exactly what they're going to say, what's coming next. So I, I think that sometimes story calls for heavy handedness and this is one of them subtlety is not getting the message across those cops pulled over a black man for having a raised voice over something he absolutely deserved to have a raised voice over and it turns out he's not even the one with the warrants but they uh the cops don't give a shit until they know who he is and then all of a sudden it's like oh 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 sorry sorry we we didn't know so you're just gonna harass this guy for no reason the the reality is is that fiction has tried allegory for a long time and people didn't get it you know in the 60s Star Trek's episode, Let This Be Your Last Battlefield, is about a planet where people are white on one side and half on the other, uh, black on the other half of their face. And there's another group that's opposite that. And they hate each other for that reason and that reason alone. And people still don't know that's about racism. People still don't get the point of that episode. And so all of this does, I don't even think it's heavy handed. I think it just shows real world examples of what actual normal people have to go through. And that in this case, you know, it didn't help Sam in the first episode to be an Avenger. And in the second one, it, it did help deescalate the situation. And that in itself is a problem that he had to be an Avenger to deescalate the situation. You know, it's like the early episode of, um, in fresh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air where, uh, Will and Carlton get arrested for driving, uh, too nice of a car and everything is a problem until it turns out, 
Then Uncle Phil's a lawyer at a big law firm. Now all of a sudden the cops want to listen and and take a step back. It shouldn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that this isn't heavy-handed. This is just showing reality and what it takes when you are a black man out there in the United States that you have to be a cop for for people to back down or you have to be you know a public official or an athlete or something noticeable for people to give you the benefit of the doubt yeah absolutely there's nothing wrong with uh heavy-handedness in some stories like if you're going for symbolism then yeah heavy-handedness kind of defeats your point but this stuff is real and it's not even the worst we've seen in real life. If this was real life, there's a good chance Sam would have had a couple bullets to the chest at some point. On that happy note, um, what what's what's next up on on the docket then? So at, 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 at that point, Bucky gets arrested because he skipped his therapy sessions, which isn't all that shocking because he didn't want to be at the one in the first episode. Uh, so that's not too surprising. Um, and that's when we get our great little scene between Sam and Bucky at couples therapy. So before we dive into that, I think this would be a good spot for us to take a short break. And when we come back, that's where we will pick things up. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. We're back. So we've got Woo! couples therapy. Sam and Bucky couples therapy. What'd you guys think? It was adorable. I thought it was uh, really funny. And then I thought it was like. It, it got to the necessary point where we finally get the answer of why Sam gives up the shield. And at like Bucky, I'm not satisfied with that answer. I still think there's a little bit more to it, but we'll, we'll see. I think more importantly, even than finding out why Sam didn't give up the shield is finding out why Bucky took it so personally when Sam gave up the shield. Uh, that was I think the main yeah. takeaway for me of that scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's shows, I think we've all felt that at some point, the kind of, you know, imposter syndrome uh, is very relatable, especially for people that create things, um, which obviously all three of us do. Um, so, you know, I think we can all relate to that on some level and i and i liked that you know no even if you're an avenger and you've saved the world and done all these, you know you still have that syndrome like maybe i wasn't maybe i'm not that guy you know well so we've only ever heard about black widow removing the red from her ledger whereas with bucky we have seen it we've seen the red that he is talking about that he's trying to atone for and I too would be haunted by that constantly. So it, it's without a doubt n- not surprising he has imposter syndrome. Well, I mean, 
yes, that, that's obviously a, a thing that exists and something that, that maybe he's dealing with. But I think there's even more to it than that, because part of it is what would he have become if he hadn't been the Winter Soldier? Right. Would he have been a good person? Would he have been a good man? Would he have been a good soldier? All of those types of things. And Cap being kind of the epitome of what it means to be a good person still believed in him still saw the good in him is kind of what kept him going right it gave him something this is to motivation learn. yeah exactly yeah it was this bright spot in the world sees something good in me so if i work hard enough i can be that good and if you remove that then then that's where things really get dark because who th if, if nobody thinks that there's good in him why should he think there is yeah right and i think that that's that's a really important scene and it's a lot heavier than most of the emotional stuff we get in the mcu you know we talk about iron man 3 dealing with ptsd and a lot of people kind of write that one off and i think that this is doing a better job i think the writing has gotten more sophisticated when it's dealing with these types of you know depression issues other mental struggles i really thought it was a good line yeah it definitely is we didn't mention the scene where uh we get the white wolf reference again and then oh, i think cute. probably my favorite scene in the episode where like where sam like sneaks up on bucky uh just kind of like appears behind him i thought that was great <laughs> you know sam has some skills yeah. too mm -hmm. um but then seeing red wing get destroyed was sad especially well, when it made like the sad chirp when she smashes it Ray and I were joking about how well they, they did that because it was just too expensive of special effects work. <laughs> Probably, honestly. But I mean, um, he'll get another Red Wing, you know. Right, but like at the very end of the season. Oh yeah, it'll know? be like a Stark Tech Red Wing. I don't know if he if he's Captain America at the end of the season, maybe it'll be something like an eagle or something. It's true. Yeah, he'll have a literal yeah. bald eagle flying around. With him. <laughs> yeah. Yep, a literal bald eagle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll also name it Bucky. Oh God, I hope so. God, imagine that conversation. So, in the comic books, maybe Rachel can can uh, give me more insights. This didn't didn't John Walker run around with a group of like shirtless commandos that were called like the Buckies or something like that? I, Please have that be true. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's true. I'm not remembering. Like, there, it's an acronym for something, but it spelled out Bucky. Like they were Buckies is what they were called. I think. I read something about it. And I was like, oh my God, if that's real. And Battlestar was one of them, I think. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll look it well, up. Battlestar was like mostly, mostly clothed. <laughs> he was. I don't think we're going to get to see the shirtless, like, uh, gun strapped commandos following John Walker around, but maybe we will. Meets Magic Mike here in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um. So, okay. And then. That this is, of course, where we end up with kind of the confrontation uh, towards the end where Bucky and Sam basically tell Cap, new Cap, no, they're not going to be working with him. They're going to be doing it in their own way. And he kind of threatens them, you know, with a stay out of my way kind of, of tone. And at that point, I think like I agree with Ray that that's not really that big of a statement from his perspective. But I think as the audience, we're supposed to think that that's the switch from him yeah. being this nice good guy to being an antagonist not necessarily a villain right but an antagonist um I, i'm not really sure there's much else to add to that because we talked a little bit about it earlier 
Anything you want to add? Well, no, not really. I, I'm very eager to see where we are with Zemo. The fact that they're going to have to team up with Zemo for a bit and then he's going to betray them to a certain degree or, you know, they'll get tired of it. I, I'm eager to see where that goes, but it, right now that is not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about the flag smashers and how those were not vaccines. Those, they were stealing serum from uh the power broker and most likely i'm theorizing here that their end goal is like the whole plot of the incredibles when everybody's special nobody is they're gonna disperse the serum to people and that poor guy like went down in a blazing glory to get them Good. What did he even do? He just like knocked over his health, pulled and walked out in front of him, and got shot a bunch of times. He distracted them so that they could yeah. get off the ground. Like I just thought by... we were gonna see something cool. No, by blocking. <laughs> well, I think that's what he was hoping is to kind of make a last stand. But since all he has is super strength and not, you know, right. resiliency or bullet immunity, he knocked it down so they can drive after him, and uh, then he just died by machine guns. <laughs> yeah i mean pushing the whole power line thing over was impressive i can't do that that's true i mean he was a super soldier so you know so at least that's something yeah Uh, i mean the flag smashers are interesting right because right now they're they're kind of painting both sides of of the story here and you know they are from from the blip and they remember when the world was kind of forced to come together and you know national borders came down because we all had to work together on on you know strained resources and strained connections and, and things of that nature and it's an interesting point to be made because now that things are back and i actually talked about this last week how like i felt like nothing was different how like everything was just fine and i guess that was on purpose because that's what the flag smashers are upset about that like everything just immediately went back to the way it was before the blip where all the borders are back up and the militaries are back up and nationalism is you know back in full force and you know you have just it's almost like it never happened and the people Mm -hmm. who are who were there who lived through it they've changed they had to change it was five years and so they're not the same people that they were but they're expected to live in that same world that has just come back yeah they are it's it's upsetting and uh i like the line you know they they're so happy about everybody that came back. They forgot about all of us that were still here. It's it's a very interesting idea because a lot of the time, the, like terrorist organizations in, in TV and film get just these very glossed over motions, uh, uh, motives, excuse me, right? You know, they're stealing arms or they're stealing chemical weapons or, you know, whatever. And there, there's very well, like little... when 24 came out, it was almost a hundred percent racial motivation. They just wanted to put um, some brown actors in a bad position, have them be, you know, a terrorist of the week and uh, not give any sort of depth or motivation or reasoning behind anything they just wanted to make the the weird nationalism pro war after 9-11 kind of bullshit statements I don't, ha- I don't have anything <laughs> to add to that okay I'm like, uh... I don't know are we talking about 24 now like I that's what I was... 
I no, I'm just saying that I, I was just agreeing that, you know, TV has this trope of not giving motivation to terrorist organizations. Just to, it's easy to put a, a couple people in a, on the antagonist side, call them terrorists, and that's it. That's all you have to do. So it's it's very cool that now in phase four of uh, the MCU, we are getting complex villains, complex antagonists, people with motivations where we all sit back and we're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. might do that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like you talk about what, what's heavy handed. What's heavy handed is like Red Skull. Red Skull is a heavy handed thing, right? He's this super Nazi that kind of looks like a devil skull, devil mm -hmm. skeleton person, you know, like I like the idea of our villains being multifaceted with them having backstories and having clear motivations that are more than just I want to conquer the world because you know like that's just not that interesting anymore and don't get me wrong a lot of these classic comic book villains were written that way because that's how comic books you know were because they were short and they were meant for kids and that's how that was but I like that the MCU has grown up a bit and is getting more sophisticated. I think but I mean, that's also the narrative that uh, the U.S. wanted us to have. You know, Germany and Japan bad, America good. Like they didn't want there to be any more layers to that sure but i mean even other villains like you know the the joker for example or you know um the the penguin and catwoman like these these are very you know generically motivated characters early on and it wasn't until much much later that they got more depth i'm gonna say probably the most controversial thing i've said on this episode in that the joker is still not it, he has zero depth <laughs> his motivation okay. is still lame fine that wasn't really what, what i was trying to say but that, that's okay okay i'm just gonna leave because apparently <laughs> i'm saying all the wrong things all of them all of the wrong things i think that's why zemo in the show is going to be and in the mcu so far is an interesting villain because his motivation is not world domination in civil war his motivation is to turn the avengers against each other and break them up from the inside because of what they did to his family in sokovia so yeah. you know he his motivation is not a mustache twirling villain it's something much much deeper and more personal than that it's why killmonger worked also in yep. black panther um but in the show we're going to get zemo when we know that and it'll be interesting to see where he's at at this point um and what exactly he's gonna he's gonna be you know it's really interesting because if uh my theory is correct and the flag sh flag smashers are smuggling serum and they want more people to have the serum to kind of protect themselves and go back to the way they were, um, then that's completely opposite of what Zemo's motivation is, where, you know, he doesn't want any more superheroes because all they do is cause carnage. And uh, it's going to put them at odds. Like, how are they both wrong and right at the same time? For sure, I'm definitely curious where they uh, where they're gonna go with that. And I guess we're gonna get Zemo probably right at the beginning of this next episode, based on the way this one ended. Yeah, I assume. I'd imagine so. Same with Sharon Carter. I, I oh yeah, I'm waiting to see her. I'm she was great uh, with the little that we've got of her. You know, 
I was a big Peggy Carter fan, so seeing Sharon Carter will be really cool. But I mean, we haven't gotten much more in the MCU at this point, so yeah. hopefully it's cool, I guess. Yeah. Other than just like Cap's potential love interest in, uh, which was awkward in, uh, what was that, Civil War? Yeah, it was, it ended up being awkward. It it wasn't awkward at first. And, and then it got real awkward. It's weird now. If you think about it too much, it gets really Especially weird. Especially now that Cap has gone back in time to yeah. be with Peggy. Like, yeah, it uh-huh. makes it. Uh-huh. Is she or is she not his niece? Right. Man, I don't know. Timelines, man. I guess she she has to be, right? Yeah. But didn't Cap go to a different timeline? That's where the time travel in the MCU gets a little funky. I don't think we need to get into that. but Yeah, that's a different episode. Um, So chat wants to know, do we think that episode three is going to be a jailbreak episode? And that is a very interesting question, because for me, can can Sam and Bucky just walk in and say hi to Zemo whenever they feel like it? Or do they have to like bust in there? What do you think? Well, we know that he's that he gets out of jail. Zemo does, because we've seen in the trailers him walking outside of jail. So we know he gets out somehow. I guess it's. Do, do Bucky and Sam just kind of like pull him out because they need him or, and then he escapes or like, you know, does he break out or do they break in? I can't imagine that they on their own have the authority to release him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I think they have to break him out. I think they're going to break him out of jail or whatever you want to call that place. That's just going to put uh, targets on them again. They're going to have to get re-pardoned in another, <laughs> you know, megalomaniac uh, aliens going to have to come down. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, that's the MCU, right? That's the MCU. Well, yeah, I mean, eventually we are going to get them fighting like Kang or Mephisto or something else. Or that both of them at once. Will retain. <laughs> yeah, both exactly. of them at once. Doctor Actually, Leo. guys, Galactus. I think Walker is Mephisto. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> No. no, this shows Mephisto is actually Arnim Zola, where he was behind it the whole time. Is that the guy that's in the computer now? It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Seems likely. He's a less silly Modoc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Which will even look less silly than normal, starting with the new TV show that's about to drop for Modoc, because that looks ridiculous as hell. That's true. Are you going to watch that, Ryan? I don't know. When does it come out? in may or april soon i'll probably watch it eventually probably not right when it comes out though <laughs> i've got too much other stuff that I, that I need to watch fair enough nathan fillion's in it he's playing wonder man yeah doesn't really appeal to me okay he's fine but yeah. i wasn't a firefly firefly fan so i don't really have the same attachment to him that everybody else does everybody else it's just you oh, mo- most person. most nerds i would say like 95 <laughs> percent. it seems like but a large percentage hmm Mm-hmm. oh ray do you feel like singing chat would like you to sing why what i don't know that's what it says that was zola all along <laughs> <laughs> chat's fun tonight i appreciate them i appreciate yes. you guys yes all of you. chat's wonderful yes thank you um is there anything else that you guys want to talk about from episode two or or anything to that effect did we miss anything? Probably, but I'm satisfied. 
they're Fair putting enough. a lot of layers into these characters and not just falcon and winter soldier but every aspect of the story is interesting i do wish there was slightly more money put into removing green screen in certain places but yeah that's really my only nitpick i i really liked this episode yeah i mean the green screen in this episode in this show overall has been more noticeable than it was in wandavision so yes yeah but i mean wandavision didn't have the kind of action sequences that we've clearly already had in just two episodes of of this show so it's, They're it's two a, completely different shows. Yeah, and obviously this team probably this one probably doesn't need nearly as much of a CG type team as uh, Wandavision did. So exactly because I mean Wandavision had a ton of CG work that you just don't even really notice because they did an amazing job with it, and um, that doesn't get the credit that it really deserves a lot of the time. Uh, you'd be shocked at how often CGI is in your face, and you just didn't know that that's what was happening. Right. But but yeah, I mean the the truck fight scene there was definitely some weird weird green screen moments in the background and, and stuff like that, especially with Sam flying and a couple of the, the closer up shots. But I mean, w- with what they've, with what they're doing, I think it's still very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't detracted from anything for me, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Usually that stuff distracts me quite a bit. It, d- it did get me in that scene, but that's it. And so I think that's a pretty minor issue at this point, especially since, you know, this has a lot more going for it than just a couple of fight scenes. So I'm, I'm definitely willing to look past that. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, then I think we should wrap things up here. Uh, next week, we'll be covering episode three, whatever they end up calling it. So join us for that if you're enjoying our conversations. If you want to join our chat, thank you to everybody who did that this week. We really appreciate your conversation with us. Some just fantastic comments and thoughts. You can join us live on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on our Facebook page. The Screen Heroes podcast Facebook page. We do this live so you can chat with us. So please do that. If you can't join us live, but you have comments or questions and you want us to to hear and think about those, you can actually leave us a voicemail and it might make the show. You can call us at 913-890-3007 and leave us a voicemail and it just might make the show. So we would appreciate anything that you have to say as long as it is appropriate. We, of course, are the Screen Heroes podcast. You can find us at Screen Heroes Pod pretty much everywhere on social media. Go to screen-heroes.com to find all of our links that we have out there in the world for you. You can find me at the Star Trek Dude. Ray, where can people find you? Uh, Apparently singing next week. (laughs) You have homework. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, And I also have to sing for D&D, too. This is bullshit. Like, (laughs) You told me that, uh, like, me and Zach have to do a sea shanty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a request for you guys to actually sing. That was oh, going to be a series okay. of performance checks. If you guys turned it into something more than that, that's on you. Oh, I thought we were legit singing. My bad. Well, I, maybe maybe you are. I don't know. That wasn't my intention. <laughs> I would never force anybody to sing in a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. I think bards should be forced to sing if they're not going to. Yeah, you know, come up with like little quips. Limericks. Or yeah, this exactly. is now our D and D podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Ray is at Siren Ray. Ryan, you can find over at Buster Props. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you next time.